does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Hubler has it all. I'm getting rave reviews on my Elmer Fudd, by the way. It's not really what I'm seeing in my mentions. <laughs> Josh, no, what? What are you talking about? Derek says, listening to Query amuse himself in the background. Well, uh, now, come on now. Imitating Elmer Fudd is getting my morning started off right. Yes, yeah, exactly. Now, Ryan says, are you doing all right this morning? Did somebody hurt you last night? Sounds like you're having a rough morning. How could you possibly listen to me this morning and think I'm in a bad mood? I don't understand the Groundhog Day thing, though. Mark's got the audio. What? Just because, Let's ask Rafael Davis. We'll let him. He's not been listening this morning. Boy, I'm sure this is, is exactly what he wants. Seven o'clock Central Time, and listen, probably will, up late we last will night ask in him, studio. We we will ask him if if he thinks it is a. I'm not going to tell him which way I lean on this, right? So we'll we'll bring him on the program right now, before we get to talking about college basketball. Rafael, we're going to need you to play Judge Judy here real quick. Is that okay? No, I got you. Okay. Um, at sometimes at Colts games at halftime, they bring out a fan to try to catch like the punt, sim, the punt machine. And like people always like, they never come within like 10 yards of it. People like get all turned around and they fall on their face and whatever else. And is it a harsh comment to say that? Yeah. at an NFL game, they always bring some jackass out of the stands to like make a jackass out of themselves for the amusement of the crowd. Is that a harsh statement, or is that just like a euphemism? I don't. I don't know, man. I, I, I would say. I don't know. I would say it would say it's a little bit of both because sometimes that's the best. That's the highlight of some fans' life. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I guess you got to look at it both ways. It could be for uh, marketing and all of that, but it also could be to make somebody's day. And I'm all for making people's day, so I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, it could be our final time Rafael Davis ever joins us after that's how we started off this interview at 7 a.m. on a Thursday. Well, you didn't agree with me, so yeah. No, I'm just kidding. He was in studio last night with Dave Revson and Bruce Weber, and of course the first game, a historic night in Mackey for Mason Gillis. Rafael, I think you said it final media timeout. If Purdue's reserves play like this, and obviously Mason Gillis, what he did last night, speaks for itself, but what they've gotten out of David Jenkins, you know, Brandon Newman, Trey Kaufman, Wren, some of the other guys in recent weeks – it almost seems like this has kind of shifted some of the thinking and like, whoa, late March, early April it is really, really possible. Oh, yeah, it's the perfect um, it's the perfect timing for the reserves to be playing well. Now, I mean, I do look at – I mean, you look at what things have gotten – things have gotten tight over the last few games. I go to that Michigan game. At Michigan, they were struggling offensively. They had third Trey Kaufman-Ren. Trey Kaufman-Ren didn't play that much in that game, but – he goes four for four from the field, gets you eight points, and really gives you a boost off the bench. At home against Michigan State, David Jenkins, he goes three for four from the three-point line. He helps win that game with that. And then last night, I mean, it goes without saying, Mason Gillis was just big time. And they teams are daring other people to beat them. I mean, they guarded. You think about last season, Mason Gillis was number five in the country in offensive, offensive efficiency. He had the number one true field goal percentage, true shooting field goal percentage in the Big Ten. And Penn State, and I know Coach Shrewsbury, Coach Shrewsbury recruited Mason Gillis, I guess, but 
they guarded him like he was a bum. <laughs> and they dared him to shoot. And that's what people will do to you. I'll play with Isaac Haas and A.J. Hammond there. They're going, they're going to dare some people to shoot. And even Ethan Morton, Ethan hit that first three, and then he hit another one. And it's like now guys have really settled into their roles. And something good about Purdue is, and I don't want to belabor a point, but Paint, after each game, Paint always tells us, especially, I mean, even when I played, Paint would tell the locker room, I'm sure he did it last night. Each guy is going to have his moment. Somebody different is going to win the game for us each time. You got to be ready. You got to be ready for your moment. And Payne has really gotten those guys to buy into their roles. Because you think about Mason. Mason is a redshirt junior. Uh, he's been around a while. He was starting this season, got a spot taken by Caleb first. And he's accepted his role with the team. And then last night, you see Mason Gillis start the second half, and Caleb first barely played. And when Mason Gillis hit that last three, that ninth three, then the first person off the bench was Caleb first. And just um, the way this team gets excited for each other, Zach E in the press conference, you got the player of the year talking about, I just want to get out the way and let other people score. So, I mean, this team is just built, built really well, and they have a really good locker room. You know, I was going to ask about this because, to your point, Rafael, Rafael Davis is our guest. You saw him last night on Big Ten Network, the former Purdue player. When you played – it was a similar situation where, to your point, there were multiple guys that it could be their night. This Purdue team, to me, is so impressive because there are multiple guys that, if all of a sudden things come through them, they can elevate and get you that 15 to 18 points that, that exceed what you expected from them. Does Matt Painter occasionally come up with, at different intervals, moments or segments in a game to get some guys involved just to give them that taste, if you will, so that when the moments arrive schematically where it is going to be their night, it, they are accustomed to having the ball come through them. Does that make sense, what I'm asking? And, and do they yeah, vary things that way? That makes sense. And I think my – I, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not at practice every day, but I'm just going off from when I play and what I know about paint is – Paint's not running plays for guys coming in off the bench. Paint's not running plays for his fourth leader score. Paint's running plays. If you're thinking about sets, Paint's running sets for Zach. He's running sets for Braden. He's running sets for Fletcher. And everybody else just kind of gets theirs through their offense. But then, say you do have a Mason Gillis, he hit a couple. Then Paint will start to run stuff for him. You know what I mean? But the way Purdue's offense is, the motion, motion is um, – Anybody can go and get it with it within Purdue's offense. It may look as though sometimes they're running plays, but they're not. They're just in their natural motion, and they're just getting shots out of motion, and they're just playing off of that. And they they share the ball so well, you don't necessarily have to draw up plays for Mason Gillis because when Zach is doubled, he's going to pass it. When Braden draws help, he's going to pass it. They just play the game the right way. Only seven turnovers last night. They out-rebounded Penn State by 20. They beat them in the paint by 20. Then they also made 14 threes. When they're playing that way, it's just tough to beat them. But Payne is a guy where he's going to run sets for maybe three guys to start a game. And then once somebody gets going, he'll start He'll start getting them going. But Payne is also the guy where he'll bring you in. If you're a reserve, I think I came off the bench for Payne. He'll bring you in the office. He'll talk to you. He'll tell you he appreciates what you're doing for the team. He, you know what I mean? He'll tell you your moment is coming to be ready and things like that. He'll get in the gym with you. He'll, he'll work with you. But 
as far as sets, as far as sets. I don't remember getting any sets when I was the seventh man off the bench. Oh, if you hit seven or eight threes, man, I, I, I thought there for a second Mason Gillis was going to hit a tenth if Painter would have left him in there for the oh, final. Man couple of minutes. Again, Rayfield Davis, three-time captain at Purdue, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. You see him on Big Ten Network. He joins us right now on the Payless Liquors Hotline. All right, shifting gears to Saturday, 4 o'clock inside of Assembly Hall. Rayfield, when you were at Purdue, being an Indiana kid, did this one mean more to you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a big game. I even go back to, I mean, I take it to my house, my household, my own. I'm the youngest of three, and my two older siblings, they both have Indiana degrees. <laughs> my mother has a Purdue degree, and I have a Purdue degree. So we have a we have a house divided. I mean, growing up, we had the Purdue Cups, the Indiana Cups. I wouldn't drink out of Indiana Cups, you know what I mean? So it's, um, it's a big deal because I, I committed to Purdue when I was I was a freshman in high school. So I got to grow through it. I got to see Robbie Hum, one of those guys, battle with Indiana, and I got to see, I mean, I got to see it go as far as, I just really have embraced the rivalry, and it means a lot. Even the year we were, we were last place in the Big Ten my sophomore year, but we beat Indiana that year, and you would have thought that we were having one of the greatest seasons we were having, we have had, because the fans, they loved it, they appreciated it, records go out the window, it's a, it's a big-time rivalry. Before the game, when I played, they would they would have uh, former guys call in and talk to us about how big it is. You may hear from Conzo, Big Dog, Joe Barry Carroll, things like that, to just really express how important the rivalry is. I mean, I'm talking to Bruce Weber last night, and it's like I'm talking to a live, <laughs> a live encyclopedia. He's telling me the first, the first time Katie played in that game when Katie came to the state. I mean, Katie got two technical fouls in the first minute on purpose just to. Just to show, just to, and Bruce said it last night, his quote was, to show Tom, to show um, Bob Knight, I'm here now, I'm in the state now, and that I'm willing to go toe-to-toe with you. And, I mean, you got, you got, you got the chair thrown, you got Bobby Knight bringing the donkey to the interview. I mean, Isaiah Thomas knocking Roosevelt Barnes. <laughs> so, I mean, it just goes so far, Chad off the hitting jump shots. But it's just a big-time game. Even when I play, I mean, I, I went to the school middle school, grew up with James Blackman Jr. So we grew up together, and to be able to play with him, I grew up with Yogi. I mean, we get to talk trash in the summer, bragging rights. It's just, um, it's big time. And this year, I really, um, these last last year as well, I really enjoy the rivalry now because you have two guys that played for Bobby Knight, that played for Gene Katie. They played in the game. They understand the rivalry. It's a big deal to them. And now they're coaching the game. It's um. It, it had the most intensity it's had in a while. So we know that Trace Jackson Davis is an elite level player, and that's what Indiana is going to try to ride in, particularly at home. But if you look at Mason Gillis last night, that's what Purdue does: is if Edie is not rolling, which, or if they need somebody else to roll off of, and they have multiple guys. If you are Indiana, your concern is trying to get what Indiana player involved in addition to Trace Jackson Davis. And what does Indiana need to do to combat Zach Eady? Hmm. I would say just make it tough on Zach Eady. I mean, the thing that, a good thing to do about the a good way to guard Zach Eady is to have your guards, have your guards of so Tamar Bates, Galloway, Cop, Hushafino, uh, really pressure produce perimeter players and not let it be easy to give it to Zach Eady. If you let those guards just get an easy catch on a wing and get a clear pass to Zach Eady, 
you're in trouble. But if you push them out like Rutgers did or Maryland started doing that second half, and you be physical with those guards, and you make a, make a first tough catch, and you push the offense out, it's tougher to post feed from, a, from above, the th- above the free throw line. So pushing the guards out, being physical, for me, I would I, – if I'm going to trap, I would come on a baseline and bring a guy baseline, kind of simulate what Nebraska did. But the thing about post traps and the thing about guarding people is if you don't do it every game, every day in practice, if your guys aren't used to it, you're going to struggle at it. If Chris Shafino isn't used to the rotations out of a post trap, he's never done that consistently, he's going to struggle three, four times doing it during a game, and you don't want those times to give up threes. So I think you've got to stick with your same principles. You've got to, you got to play the same way. I'm sure they're going to go TJD on them. TJD just cannot pick up any quick fouls. I would not be surprised if you saw Grace Thompson starting on Zach Eady just to protect TJD's foul situation. And then – Another good way to, to guard Zach Eady is to just go at him. Go at Zach Eady if you're TJD. Make him guard you. Wear him out. Get a defensive rebound. Push the basketball. Don't let Zach Eady get down the floor and get set. And then also just um, talking about guys that have to get going. I mean, you've got to have Miller Cobb. You've got to have Galloway or Tamar Bates. I believe at least one of those guys has to get going. I mean, you want to have two get going, but – all three of them can't have an off night the same night. And that's um, – you see it with Iowa. Per- Perkins and Sanford, those two can't have an off night the same night or they struggle. I think when, when Bates and Galloway, when they both struggle in the same game, it's tough for those dudes to win. But they also – they play better at home. Our role players always play better at home. I mean – so we'll see how that goes. But I would say if you can get those, one of those two guys going, it'll really help because now with Indiana's offense, it's really changed in my opinion because you have TJD now will get a defensive rebound, and he's no longer looking to outlet the pass to the point guard. And Hush Shafino has been around enough good players to understand he doesn't have to wait for the outlet like a traditional point guard. He's smart enough and he's heady enough and good enough to just run the floor. He understands TJD can push it. So when TJD gets that rebound and he pushes the break in transition, I mean, it's a difference maker if those dudes are making shots. So I would say try to speed the game up, get those guys going, some transition threes, but you got to block out. If you don't block out, Purdue is going to kill you on the offensive glass. I mean, Zach Eady had seven offensive rebounds last night. Yeah, you brought up earlier Trace Jackson Davis in foul trouble. That happened last year in that game in Bloomington, but Robert Fennessey was absolutely huge, of course, with the game winner, but in the first half as well. Rayfield Davis is with us here. You saw him last night on Big Ten Network, of course, the three-year captain for Matt Painter and the former Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. I want to go back to this this rivalry for a moment, and, and I thought you had some really candid and, and great comments about what it meant to you as an Indiana kid. Did you get the vibe, like, okay, Penn State game ends last night. Did you get the vibe that this Thursday, Friday, leading into the Indiana game, it meant more to the coaching staff? Like there was maybe a bigger emphasis. I, I, I would feel very torn if I were Matt Painter and being like, you got to treat each game the same, but you also know the magnitude of being the Purdue head coach and what it means when Indiana shows up on the schedule. Oh, yeah. I mean, you listen to Purdue. He's, I mean, you talk to Coach Painter. He's talked publicly about it. I mean, when I was in high school, Missouri, it came out, Missouri had made some calls and it, it was just a big hoopla about paint, maybe leaving Purdue, going to coach in Missouri, whatnot. And I'm in high school, and paint, he has even said it. I mean, now he's 
when you're thinking about making those decisions, he takes into consideration that if he, if he leaves Purdue, he'd never be able to walk into Simply Hall and beat Indiana as a Purdue coach. You know what I mean? And Paint grew up as an Indiana fan. His whole family is Indiana fans, and they didn't take him. So, you know, that still means something to him. Purdue took him, Gene Katie. He loved Gene Katie. So, you know, that's a little bit in there. But, I mean, it's um, it's definitely you take every game, one game at a time. You don't overlook Penn State. And last night they did a good job by not overlooking Penn State. And you see other teams care about that. I mean, you think about Maryland, Julian Reese, Indiana's official Twitter page. I didn't see anything wrong with it. They put out of, you know, the game is on ESPN Saturday, 4 o'clock. Julian Reese, I mean, he said he took that personally. He said they overlooked Maryland. That's what that gave Maryland juice. That gave Maryland energy. So you want to take it one game at a time. But also, all Purdue's guys are Indiana guys. I mean, I would say 10 of their guys are from Indiana maybe. So they get the rivalry. Trey Kaufman-Ren is from Southern Indiana. Mason Gillis is from south of Indianapolis. So, you get you. They understand the magnitude, so it's not as if you have to preach to them. You know what I mean. And then a few of them, everybody's played in the game except the freshmen, so they know what it is. They understood that Purdue had the winning streak last year. They lost, and they, you know what I mean. They were number one, so it means it means a lot to Purdue. It means a lot to Indiana, and for the um, players, it's just that that night before especially when it's a home game, the paint crew is sleeping and sleeping out in the um, indoor track and all of that stuff. It's just a, it's a big deal. I, I would say at this point, after that Penn State game with the zero, I mean, you go in the locker room and now this is the biggest game of the season. So now you have two days to act like it and really prepare for it. But it's um, this year it's not just for the fans. A lot of times, you know, records go out the window, it's for the fans. But this year it's really – Two really, really, really good teams. Two teams that can really, I believe, can make a push to a Final Four. And I think this would be the best game in a while. I mean, I know last year it came down to a buzzer beater, but this year, the, I mean, the matchups, you got Trace Jackson Davis, Zach Eady. Zach Eady probably be player of the year. Trace Jackson Davis trying to make a push. You got two freshman point guards, Brady Smith, Alicia Fino. I mean, it just it, – it lines up to be a great story and, uh, and a great game. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm really – I am really looking forward to it. Last question. I, mean, I still remember my um, – I'm mean, not to cut you, but I can still remember my sister. My sister was nine months pregnant. Nine months pregnant, you can have that image in your head. She actually – my sister – said, look, I'll explain the story. She was nine months pregnant. We were playing Indiana at Mackey, and she wore an Indiana hoodie. Oof. And if you guys are familiar, <laughs> man, our families, our families sit in the family section. If you guys are familiar with how the players and the tickets work. So my sister is in the Purdue family section on Purdue IU night and the big red hoodie, and she's nine months pregnant. We lose by 40, I think. That was when um, they had, I mean, Victor Oladipo. That was um, Cody Zeller. I think the score was 90 to 65 or something like that. If I'm, or 55. I don't think we scored 60. And after that game, she not just sat in the stands, but she walked through the tunnel to get back to the locker room in that big, bright hoodie. And I remember Pate seeing her and just shaking his head, just nodding and just shaking his head. So, I mean, this game runs deep. And then the very next day after that game, my sister had my nephew. So, this game will always be important to me. This game will be important to everybody. It's a big one. Nephew is an Indiana or Purdue fan? What a move by her. Uh, the ne- my nephew, was, his his mother went to Indiana. 
Yeah, there we go. All right. Come on, now does, he, does he know what Uncle did in his That's time right. in West Lafayette? Here's here's my last question. My, father, my nephew's father played football in Indiana as well, so he's a uh, He's an Indiana kid. That's fair. (laughs) My last question is this. One name answer. Top of your head. Best player on the floor Saturday is? Zach Eady. And um, I know Trace Jackson Davis is great. He's unbelievable. But Zach Eady's done this all year long. He's done this against great talent. And I know TJD wasn't feeling the best in December. His back was hurt. And he just wasn't. He wasn't himself. But. Those games against Arizona and Kansas, you you just can't delete them out your head. You know what I mean? You can't just say, oh, he wasn't feeling well. If you're out there, you're out there. You can play hurt, but you cannot play injured. And if you go out there, the game is going to count. And Zach Eady against Gonzaga, Duke, those top teams, he had his way. So I would still go Zach Eady right now, probably the most dominant player I've seen in college basketball in a long time. But Trey Jackson Davis, not as if he's least a bounds above him. Trey Jackson Davis is right there. Trey Jackson Davis – I mean, it's playing some of the best basketball in the country. But you think about Zach Eady, you start to hear those rumbles about Trey Sexton Davis, player of the year, Trey Sexton Davis, player of the year. What does he do? He goes against Michigan State, Tom Izzo team, and gives him 38. So <laughs> it's, um, it's tough to decide. But I would go, um, I would say it's close, Zach Eady, Trey Sexton Davis. But then if I'm picking the third player, I would go Hush Shafino. So I would say Purdue has the best player, that Indiana has the next two, and then you go back to Purdue. Just awesome, awesome stuff from Rafael Davis here. Obviously, you see him on Big Ten Network. And House Divided for the Davis family coming up on Saturday at 4 o'clock. Rafael, thanks for waking up with us, man. Really, really appreciate it. Great stuff all year long on uh, Big Ten Network, and hopefully we can have you on again. I appreciate you guys having me anytime.